Welcome to a new episode of Liftoff, a Jets football podcast with your host, Chris, and from playlikeajet.com, Mr. Shaman Phillip. And remember, you can catch us wherever you catch your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and also on Amazon. You could also follow us on Twitter at Liftoff Jets. You could follow Sharman at GrownFolk1980, and you could follow myself at CP7NY, and you could also catch us on SportsWire Radio, and that's at sportsinarium.com backslash player. You can follow the station manager, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017. So, Sharman, man, what's going on? Camp is going. We got practice. Next week, we got a Hall of Fame game. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, the beginning of uh, fresh football, man. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah. Back in next week, we actually get a game. May not be a jet game, but at least we got a football game next week. So, well, I don't know how far you go into calling that a football game, but yeah, I guess you. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's pretty exciting around these parts, man. Um, you know, of course, coming into camp, there's like there was there has there's been a bunch of questions and stuff like that. And you know, day one of camp, you know, we got a few answers. Oh, definitely. One big answer came in. The big guy, Makai Becton, showed up in shape, answered the call, which is great. He's not on no PUP list. He's ready to roll. Um, what do you think the impact is that on this team? Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a, a, a huge impact on this team. Um, I think we've spoken, uh, I think we've beaten this dead horse a million times, um, talking about the importance of this offensive line and how the Jets team on the whole will go by a lot, you know, about how good this offense is going to be. Um, the fact that he shows up is a big part of everything we spoke about in the offseason. So um, this is great news for the Jets. Um, not only did he show up, but he showed up, like you said, you know, in shape, you know, looks, you know, trim for a 350-pound guy, you know, as trim as you could be when you're that big, you know. And the stories of his, his, it just goes to show you, um, his coach um, on his Twitter page uh, had mentioned that he would wake up every morning and run and push sleds until he, until he couldn't anymore. And people a normally ask him, uh, why, why does he even do this? And on the only two, there was only two players that would wake up every morning with him to push sleds. And it was this other player, which I can't remember who he was, but Mikai Beckton was the other name. So, hey, we we saw the product of all that off-season workouts and training and stuff like that. So, love it. Definitely. I think, you know what, if he's healthy and the rest of the line is healthy all year, this, this line has a chance to be top 10, top five, I think, in the league this year. Because last year, with all the injuries we had, you know, guys in and out. I mean, we were hurt most of the year. Somebody was out most of the year. Obviously, Beckham was out most of the year, but um, they were considered, I think it was top 12, according to PFF. So, I mean, 
if these guys are healthy this year, you're adding Tomlinson and you're getting Beckton for a full season, hopefully. Um, this, this line definitely has a chance to be like a top 10, top five easily. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think part of the, I think we have to bring up part of the news is that, you know, Beckton is going to be um, moved to the right-hand side of the line. He's going to play right tackle. And uh, Fant is going to be left tackle because Fant himself was taken out off the uh, PUP list too. Uh, that was part, another part of the great news that they're both all healthy and they, they're a full go for camp. Um, I agree with the move of moving back to right tackle because I think Fant earned his spot at left tackle. Um, that the, the to me that solidifies the, the right hand side of the line. You have, uh, you know, uh, Vera Tucker as the right guard, and right next to him, guess who? Um, you know, Big Mackay Becton. So these two guys with the regular, the lethal athleticism and the amount of power they have in the running game is that would be that's going to be incredible. Um, so you have, you know, at, at this point in the NFL, there's so, so much issue, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't just be, oh, the left, left tackle, the left tackle, because a lot of, some of the most dangerous pass rushes rush from the right side or both sides, like Vaughn Miller does. He rushes from both sides. So um, it's great. It's great news for the Jets that they're getting healthy. Now, all we have to pray for is the football gods to allow for these men to su survive whatever small nicks and, uh, and cuts they get throughout training camp and come out fully unscathed to start a season where in the first eight games, we need everybody. And I mean, everybody going at full ball healthy <laughs> to give us a chance. Definitely. That was one of the key things we said about this team taking that next step and possibly being a, a playoff contender this year. Everybody, you know, obviously injuries are going to happen, but hopefully it doesn't become a mesh unit like we had last year where every week it was yeah. hurt and, and all that. So here's, here's, my, uh, here's my next question. Outside of Becton, because it's too obvious, Becton needs to have a big camp to prove himself, you know, stay healthy, obviously, but also prove himself and that he can, handle, that he can play right tackle and this is not going to be a problem, but who else other than him has to have a big camp in your mind? Oh, I think it's pretty obvious. I think it's obvious that it's got to be the quarterback. Um, you could, you could spin it however you want to spin it. And there, there were flashes, but this, if you look at it on the whole, that was not, this was not in the rookie season to speak of, you know, you can't go back to, last year and say, hey, look, this was productive. In my opinion, this was not that, that what that was. Um, you know, trying to squeeze juice out of a dry lemon, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I'm not gonna say that, that, that you should pack your bags and go home just because of the season, because he did show something, um, but he has to take the bull by the horns, in my opinion, from, from the jump and this, training camp is that the start is where he needs to grab everything right now, you know, put the trust um, in his teammates that they could believe in him and follow him. 
because as a quarterback, unfortunately, that's just how it is. Um, you become, you're a leader no matter what. Uh, so his understanding of the playbook, his understanding of the calls, his understanding of how defenses are going to try to play them and how he grows within that matters mostly, you know. So it, it, will, uh, it will show up in the beginning of the season if he had a great, has a great camp. And that, I think that will help propel the Jets into uh, success going forward. Definitely. I, I also think another guy who, sh- who needs to show up, and it may not even be for us, really. It could be in the end he might be get traded, but it's mm. right? I mean, so far, it was only the first day of camp today. He was great, made a couple of great catches, all this. He looked awesome. But, you know, he's a guy that it could end any way in, in a few different ways, right? He could make the team and be, what, the fifth guy on the roster, you know, the fifth guy on the depth chart at wide receiver. He could also make the team and go on the practice squad until someone's hurt. Or, which we've heard a few times, is he might possibly get traded. So what do you – well, what's your guess on how this ends up for Mims? I don't think he gets traded. Um, I think people – I think we all need to pay attention to the league a little bit and what's going on around the league. Um, I think with the lengthening of the season, a lot of teams have, especially at skill position, tried to keep as many bodies in-house as possible because they don't have a choice. Um, you have guys playing, the amount of snaps you guys are playing now because they're playing so many games in a season is incredible. So you have to do whatever it takes to shorten the amount of snaps that guys play. So the more talented players you have, you're, you're basically setting yourself up to win because you can't, you, you, because of the, the level of talent or the amount of talent you have, you don't need to run your guys into the ground. So if Elijah Moore is playing really, really well and hot and Wilson is kind of struggling a little bit, you don't need to force Wilson into the fire. You could kind of cut down on his reps a little bit and add Mims into there because Mims has a year under his belt already. You know what I mean? Um, so there's so many things, so many ways you could adjust this to keep Mims around, in my opinion, that I, I think it would be pretty egregious if they even attempted to, to um, trade him. Now, if the season ends after the season and they want to have a conversation, then I, you know, I'm, I'm with that. But right now, with the way things are, facing a season, like, again, to revisit, the fact that we're playing the kind of kinds of teams we're playing the first eight games of the season, I think it will it would be positive or a positive thing to do is to keep as many talented players around. So, um, you know, I, I'm not with this the trading Mims thing at all. I, I I would like to keep him on the roster. Yeah, definitely. I I agree. I mean, to have and I look at it this way: I think it's better to have the depth at wide receiver rather than trade him for what a fifth round pick fourth round there you go that's at best i mean i don't even know what they could get for him at this point because he still has to prove himself on on the field i mean yeah he's there you go how many how many guys have we seen have a great camp and then (laughs) (laughs) we're jets fans what are you talking about (laughs) ah man we have a long list of guys that we that have had great camps and and never never seen to never be seen again so unless you get blown away by a, 
a trade, which we won't. But if they do, then you know what? You may as well keep them because you know there's going to be an injury or two to a wide receiver. Someone's going to get banged up out for a couple of weeks. I think, I think Chris, even something I didn't mention is matchups. Right. Matchups, matchups are something that NFL offensive coordinators look for every day. Defenses do the same thing. You know what? You could, you could do something to, to create a matchup in a way for Elijah Moore because he's a smaller wide receiver. Guess what you can't do? There's, very, there's not a lot of DBs that could line up across from Denzel Mims. If he could play to the level we think he could um, with his length, his height, his athleticism at that height, I mean, come on, man. You know, so again, there's, there's, there's so many reasons why you sh- should keep that guy around. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't entertain moving him at all. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You know, it's, it's something that we don't normally have is depth. So yeah, nice to have it. <laughs> we're in a position to have it so um, this this is most definitely one of those things right i mean this is i i think this is what what makes this this uh this preseason or whatever you want to call it before the season start camp whatever this is what makes the the energy around the team so palpable there's so many things going on that we haven't seen in a, in a while you know, there, there's there is a, a plethora of talent, young guys. Number one, not guys that we paid millions, millions of dollars that you know that came here to kind of show off and you know, and make rap albums. Not mentioning names, um, you know. So so for me, you know, I I don't know how you feel about this, but the fact that we have the level of depth that we have and the level of talent that we have, it's it's crazy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's something that we're not used to, but. Yes, sir. And I've been saying for a while, you know, I always joke around and say this, but if we don't win with <laughs> GM and head coach, then I think we really are jinx because I think we got two guys that they work together, obviously, very well, but they're also very good at their jobs. Right, the GM, you could we see it. He's building his team from he had to tear down with what was left and had to basically reboot the whole franchise and bringing in Robert Salah and his coaching staff. So I, I just think if they don't win with these guys, then we're never going to win. I I will I will be I'll be like pretty blunt here. Um, I I am a fan of Salah. My ish my I don't have an issue with him. But this is put up or shut up time. Um, I agree. Uh, what what happened in his first year as a coach? I you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do him the give him the benefit of that and sweep that under the rug for now. But one of the things he was able to do was have guys buy in, and I think you've heard the interviews where multiple people, um, reporters, um, um, anonymous sources, mentioning that one of the things that they were taken aback by was the fact that the Jets, no matter how weak they were as a team, just kept playing harder because it seemed like the team was buying what Salah was selling. And I think uh, I think they kind of echoed a lot of that when you hear what the guys are talking about and, and even the new guys coming in and how they're, to, they're so energized by the basically family unit and togetherness 
type, you know, I know part of it is cliche stuff that guys always say in the offseason, but I, I feel like Robert Sala's mentality and coaching and the way, just the man he is, is kind of sipped into this team a little bit. Um, but this is put up or shut up time for him, his offensive coordinator, his whole coaching staff, um, because they need to get these guys ready for, again, keep mentioning it, that eight-game stretch in the beginning of the season where you're going to get beast after beast after beast after beast, you know, and, and you have to keep your team together throughout that, winning or losing, survive that, and come out of that not only understanding what the system is, because you will, if nobody gets nicked, everybody stays healthy, people are going to learn a lot through that if they could sneak a few wins in there, you know, and come out of that with with a, a good understanding of each other and a good understanding of the system, I think then I think we could have that conversation that you're having about how much wins they could get. Because if they survive that, to me, to me, they could they could have a hell of a season. So um, I'm looking forward to. Um, pay, you know, let having the coaching staff rise up because it's their time. Definitely, I I agree because listen, there's no more excuse this year, right? Oh, I'm a yep. coach. I got a rookie quarterback. I got a rookie this. I got a rookie that. Yeah, we got a we got a ton of rookies this year because of the the great draft we had. But aside from that, this team, everybody's second year, their third year, fourth, you know. It's a young team, but they've got the experience from last year. So they can't keep making the same rookie mistakes. So like you said, yeah, so a lot definitely has to take the next step this year as well. We always talk about um, Zach Wilson has to take the next step. But so does our coach, right? He definitely yes, has sir. to. I think you're 100% right on that because in order for us to take that next step, in order for Zach Wilson and the rest of the team, our head coach has to. So that's a that that's a – that was a great point, and I totally agree that he's got to he's got to step up this year. Absolutely, there's no more excuses. And I don't want to hear, oh, we got a ton of injuries, right? Like last hmm. year, he said it, but that shouldn't be an excuse. So that'll be interesting. Um, outside of camp, it was only the first day. Just opened up, you know. Everybody looks great, obviously, first day. So, um, but uh, another. A uh, big part, of, big news came out of Jets camp that Joe Klecko made the cut of the final twelve um, to get voted in as a senior candidate into the Hall of Fame. So, I think we're all crossing our fingers, and Krista is going to continue sending her tweets every day <laughs> <laughs> to get him, to get him voted in. So, let's hopefully he gets in this time. You know, it would be nice to get him in there. But yeah, it would be very, it would be, it would be, I mean, it would be ultimately fulfilling for a man, I think, that should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago, uh, but for whatever is reason, didn't get, haven't been able to get a sniff. Um, so, hey, man, you know, we will keep our toes and fingers crossed for the, for you, man. Definitely. Mr. Klecko. And I think it's the vote's going to come down in a couple of weeks. I, I thought I read August something, like August 10th or 14th. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think okay. Yeah. Something pretty soon. So 
and hopefully it's good news. Um, yeah. Outside of that, um, I think the big news this week was uh, Kyler Murray finally signing his deal. Uh, mm. Five year, $230.5 million. I think that puts him second or third, his highest paid quarterback in the league. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think he's the second or third best quarterback in the league, but <laughs> but here's the thing that I think caught everybody's eye that he has to study four hours of game film after each game or <laughs> of the game of the last game. Uh, I don't know if that was I, that was the first time I ever heard of that stipulation in the contract. Got to be the first time because I because uh, I I did some research and I didn't hear anybody that all, of any ilk mentioning that they've seen anything like that before. So I'd, I'd, you know, I'd weigh on the side of no, that that's, that's something pretty uh, <laughs> out, of, out of the blue, or I don't know if it's out of the blue, but I've never seen before kind of stuff. I mean, is that telling us that he doesn't watch film? <laughs> you know? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Why? Hey, listen, if I'm giving you this kind of money, and I'm putting a stipulation saying, hey, you know, let, let's put it this way. Forget he's a quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say, let's say you're my driver, right? Yeah. Somehow, I love, I love you. You're a great guy. But I question your driving skills, you know? My, I put in, I put in a stipulation, right? Forget I question it. You, nobody knows if I question it or anything. They just know you're my driver. But if anybody found out that we, in one of the stipulations of the contract what I signed, I said, if you have any more than two accidents, you're fired immediately. <laughs> that would mean that I'm saying like, hey man, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I, hey, <laughs> you know. Because I wouldn't hire, why would I hire a driver and then put a, put a stimulation in saying that, you know, hey, <laughs> you know, you understand what I'm saying? It's almost like I'm, I'm giving up the, the info, the inside information. Um, and according to what I heard, it, the way they put it in the, they tried to hide it in sm not small print, but in kind of a, you know, weird part of the contract. So nobody really wouldn't know exactly where it was, but come on, man. What do you think this is? There's a bunch of guys around here, man, especially the internet sleuths. They would find that before anything, Definitely. you know? <laughs> so, but I think bigger than that, we have the proof, right? We have the proof. I don't care what anybody from the Cardinals come out and say right now. They could say, oh, it was used for motivation, whatever the hell they want to say. Right. We have the proof. One of the things that showed you the proof was that I think I said it. I think I was talking about that. I said that he was going off of a lot of the alert stuff that was in their offense. So it was a one-read situation. He went, hey, if his one-by-one -one quarterback was um, wide receiver was on the field and he getting one-on-one, -on -one, that was the alert play. And no matter what, that's where he was going to throw the ball. You know, Hopkins is a guy that would come down with more than 50% of those throws. So makes you look great if you're throwing the ball there all the time and getting completion, like 60-something percent completion just on this guy. You know, hey, you're a great quarterback. But when teams start shutting that down and taking away the alert stuff and having you go to your second and third reads 
and your only answer for that is scrambling, that means you don't know what you're looking at. You know, so I've I've seen it multiple times myself, you know, and I'm and again, I, I keep saying like, you know, football is a hobby of mine. I am not Joe Blewett. I don't I don't go through film like he does, you know, but I understand football enough to know when a quarterback, you know, does not like to go to his second read. If you see it's second and 13, and you do the same thing you do when it's third and 13. It's, it's because you just can't figure your way out the, out, out of the reads. You, you get, you look to the first one, it's not there. You're not even trying to go to the second one, you know, and, and it, and it happened way too often, in my opinion, you know, to say that you to tell me that it wasn't a thing. And then also I, and I gotta Google this because I, I hate saying things to be sh- not sure if I, I saw somebody say, on Twitter or something where I think on social media say that he had said something like this somewhere that he's not one of those guys that's going to go kill himself studying film. (laughs) I I can't make this up. I can't make this up. I mean, how do you say this when the greatest quarterbacks, one of the things that made them so great was the fact that they, knew everything about their offense and everything about their opponent because they spent hours studying. You You come into a league, you're a baby, and you're talking about how you don't study. You're not one of those guys that kill themselves studying. What? Huh? (laughs) Okay. Hey. Listen, with it without studying four hours, of t- even more than four hours. Of t- four hours is not enough. No, obviously not. <laughs> no, if, if you and, and the craziest thing about this is, you know, um, I think that stuff is a muscle. I think stuff like that is a muscle. Like I, I used to I used to play keyboard and when I was younger and the when I spent time playing and practicing. I just automatically start getting started getting better, and and it was it was almost like and then you know I have a good air and stuff like that. So it, it so almost all of a sudden all this stuff started automatically happening because I spent time practicing. The moment I stopped, that was it. It was like okay, I can kind of play, but the stuff that used to happen with the automatic connection to sound and I knew what note was which note and stuff like that that stuff gone got away from me and that's why I think it's even if you stipulate a guy and tell him that he needs to study if that's not in him I don't know if you could force him to do it I I don't I don't think that's something something you could you know somebody could all of a sudden wake up one morning and say you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna study seven hours of film today I don't think that's a thing I think I think I I think he could get into it. Like I said, I think it's a muscle. I think if he's dedicated enough, he could get into it and it'll slowly but surely get into it. But is he ever going to be that legendary quarterback that you know that spent 10 hours? I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but I don't know. And you know what? The team, you, know, you know a team is probably shaking their head and saying, why didn't we think of this? Is the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> with Michael Vick, right? 
He was famous. Yeah. Hey. Not able to watch, you know, he never watched film, right? That whole story, you remember, but. But Michael Vick was a different animal. Well, yeah. This is, this is the, this is the conversation. And I think that's, that's, the teams are always in the, in those dilemmas, right? They're saying, if somebody is so athletically gifted that even at the pro level, they're making players look stupid on the field, even if they don't have the nuances of the, of the quarterback game down, hey man, we could fly with this guy. We could do this. We could do that. We could do a, you know, and we don't have to force him to do things that he doesn't want to do, you know. But at the same time, we all know that these things are not sustainable. You know, we've seen it long and we've seen it so many times. Like quarterbacks that had the, uh, you know, that athletic, crazy, too fast for anybody, you know, breakaway speed, change of change of direction on a dime, all that stuff. Those guys never last too long. You know, there's probably one or two guys in the history that that did that for a long period of time. So, uh, it, it it's 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 not sustainable. Right. What's that? They definitely had to watch film. They couldn't have did it without watching film. No, and and it's worse now, Chris. It's worse now. You know, I mean, you we 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 talk we talk to um um we talked to uh we had our um coach Koo in before that. It's talking about, I mean, you talk to Coach Koo for a second and then you talk about how many adjustments to one defense there is and how many time, how many different ways one defense could be played and 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 how it could be, you know, you know, you, you, you could hide defenses from plays, you know, you could see something that looks like cover three and even cover three. Oh, it, it's cover four, and you see something that looks like cover two, and it's not. And you see pre-snap, you see cover two. Then you look up again, and it's cover one. And you look up again, and it's, you know. <laughs> if you're not studying the nuances of what defenses do, you can't catch that stuff. You can't see leverage inside from a, from a corner and understand that he, he probably playing zone because of where he is, you know where he is and where the strong line, the strong side linebacker is. And you're like, oh, man, there's no way that dude is coming because he's probably, he's going to drop off. The only way you know this stuff is if you study, you know? So I, I don't, I don't understand how you're going to be a great player in this league. If you don't study, I don't get it. You I don't think you can. Well, he's certainly, I would say he's certainly on the hot seat. And so is the head yes. coach, right? I mean, yep. I think Kingsbury's got to be on the hot seat because this guy just signed a big contract. He was brought in with Kyler Murray. So he's got his quarterback and they haven't really done much. Did they make the, I think they've made the playoffs once. I think they did once under him, but yeah, but they won a lot of games. They just never really made anything out of those wins. Yeah, no, I, think, I don't think they've won a playoff game. Yet. Oh, they haven't. I don't, think so and I think they made I was it one year I'm gonna check right now as we're talking but um yeah I don't think so last year they won 11 games and they got in as a wild card obviously they lost to the Rams 34 11 um, yeah so they've made the playoffs multiple times they just haven't won anything well no just this year that was their first time they did it under um under uh what's his name uh Kingsbury since Kingsbury's there, 
His first year, he was 5-10 and 1. Then he was 8-8. Eight and eight, And then he was 11-6 and six last year. So they've improved every year. But I would say they're both on the hot seat now because, you know, they just signed him to a big contract. So it's like, okay, now, now let's get something for that contract. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, you, I, in my opinion, I think that the team did the right thing. You, you, um, you trusted the kid enough to draft him. Um, Try to get as much as uh, out of him as possible. I don't think I don't think you kind of just giving up and going with, you know, gentleman number one. Number one, <laughs> it's gonna help you out. So, do you think this? Do you think this gives him more time? You think this gives Kingsbury more time because they signed him to a five-year deal? Or no? Possibly. Like if they have a. It, it, it's possible, but it, but it, but he can't look that. He can't look bad. He can't. He can't keep looking bad because he's. I think I've spoken. I've spoken about about his 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 um his offense before. Um, I think it it it, it the the it evolved in a certain way. But I think what's holding it back is the is the guy, the point man, um, is holding it back. I don't think it's awesome. I, I don't think um, I, I didn't think he was a great hire in the first place. I wouldn't I wouldn't have hired him in the first place. But since you already did it, you know his idea of what he would want Kyler Murray to be, or what he the kind of game plans he called. I think I think it's not bad. I don't think it's like something you could point out and laugh at. I think you know there, there were great ideas there. But what you're talking about, you know. Some you, you have to try to do the best you can with the guys you got. And like I said, uh, putting Kyler Murray in situations where he was comfortable with was, was probably what he needed to do. Now, that could be a problem if Kyler Murray refuse, refuses to go off of that, you know, and learn to get the ball out of his hand in a three-step drop more consistently, you know, take the dump-offs, um, diagnose the defenses, you know, curl to flats and all that manipulation underneath and, and, uh, and, you know, and even in the, in the, you know, the median side part of the field and, you know, and even the deep part of the field. Cause we, we, today, we know that he has a rocket for arm. So I'm not even worried about his long, his long ball. I rem, I think the, the, the shallow and median parts of the field is where he needs to make his money. To me, that's for every quarterback. Right. But that comes with study. If you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna get picked more times than not. So let's let's see what the coach does to um to what he creates as a as part of his offense to help Kyler grow in that part of his game. That to me is essential to if he's gonna get fired or not. Right. Well, hey, last year they won their first seven. Yeah. Then they won eight and one. Eight and two, nine and two. Uh, ten and they were ten and two after week thirteen. Then you remember they lost three straight, and then they won their final game. Well, they won their next to last final game, and then they lost their final game to the Seahawks, and then they went into the playoffs as a wild card, and then obviously lost to the Rams in that first round. So they're expecting this team to take that 
next step after the wild card, right? So this will be interesting. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I'm not saying they won't, but we'll definitely get into it more in a few weeks when we get up to our preview. But this is a team that has to take the next step. And, you know, signing this guy to the second highest um, the second highest contract for a quarterback, I think he's got to do it. He's got to prove himself. So I think he's on the hot seat. The coach, maybe, maybe the coach, obviously the coach more because he doesn't have a five-year deal. So, <laughs> um, mm. but this will be going to be an interesting season with the that whole that NFC West outside of the Rams. It's mm. turmoil anyway, right? San Fran, you know, and that was another thing that came out this week too. I read that San Fran is ready to start uh, Trey Lance at quarterback. Now, if you remember, hey, are they now? Yeah, that that came out this week that they said they're ready to move on with Trey Lance. So I, I'm 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 waiting to see. I don't care what they say now. I want to see what they. I want to. I'm, I'm waiting to see because I think I know people will people will probably take um people probably laugh at what I was about what I'm about to say, but I I think I think Jimmy G is an adequate quarterback. I think he is. I think I think he's just there, just like right there. Um, a few plays here and there, and then he's fine. And then and then that he's fine with that team. You don't win that many games with a quarterback, and then all of a sudden say, "Oh, he's not, he's not enough." Right. He's he's won a ton of games with them. He's just he's like almost, you know. Right. Now. You could do you could do two things. You could do two things. You could be like, you know what? He can't be more than that. And they get to see that in practice. I don't. So they could say he's just he just can't get over the hump because that's all we could get out of him. And just basically hard boot, hard boot, unplug and plug in the kid and see what happens. But man, there's there's a there, that team is ready to go right now. Is that kid ready to lead that team? Yeah, I don't know. That's the question. Yeah, that is that. That's a big question. And Jimmy G's done it. You know, he's gotten that team to the Super Bowl last year. He almost got him to the Super Bowl. You know, they fell short against the Rams, but um, Jimmy G's a proven winner. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not an elite quarterback, but like you said, he's right there. And if you got him for one more year, unless they've got plans on trading him. Why would you have this guy who got you to a Super Bowl not that long ago and almost got you to a Super Bowl last year? Why do you want to sit him on the on you know on the bench paying him what 20 million or whatever they're paying this guy? I, I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a smart move. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't, but like I said, a lot to get Trey Lance too, right? They did tra- trade up a lot to get yep. so you could use that argument too, but you know what? Start jimmy g at the very least i would start him and then you know what after six seven weeks if it's you know if you're if you're two and five or something yeah make make the move or ease trey lance in i wouldn't start him from week one but like you said let's see what happens by you know by their first game that's what i'm you know their first game obviously is on september 11th so things will happen by then for sure (laughs) um so but that was interesting that they actually came out, you know, that they had said that during a press conference or something. So incredible. I gotta I gotta see that press conference. This is incredible to me. Like I I I don't know if early in the season I would come out saying something like that at all. 
Yeah, no. But but again, but again, that might be because there's so many variables here, right? That might be they're they're probably at odds with the quarterback with with Garoppolo. You know, that's probably what it is. I don't know. And Garoppolo had an injury, didn't he? Yes, he had uh, the shoulder, I think. Yeah, and he had surgery, I think. So that might be part of the reason why they're going to start him because Garoppolo is probably not going to be ready for the beginning of the season. You know, so there's so many, there's so many things here that, that I don't think we are privy to that at some, you know, we're going to learn soon. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting, I think. But like you said, it's, it's interesting that that came out already. But I'm sure we'll see. I think that might have been that or... You know what? They've been trying to trade Jimmy G all off season, so that's not, you know, that's not a secret. So yeah, you know that that'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, another signing, I don't know how much of an impact, but maybe you'll have a little more. Julio Jones was signed by Tampa, excuse me, Tampa Bay, one year, six million dollar deal. You think that's, you think that's going to be an impact signing, or you think that's just a depth signing? What do you think is going to happen? How much? How much of 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 uh, how much of that of him did you see last year with the Titans? Uh, not much. <laughs> he was not good last year. He's not the same guy. No, definitely not. So I don't think we should be measuring him as this, you know, from the same spot. You know, he's just not the same guy. So again. You know, when you played football for that long and then he's still a very physical guy and he understands route running and all that stuff, he could still produce, but at what level we're talking about? That's that's the question, you know. Well, the so... Him there, right? He's not going to be the, the number one option or the number two option or the number three option, right? This guy's, you know, what, maybe a third or fourth receiver on that team? Yeah. And and probably that's perfect for him. That's perfect for him. You know, he could. Because I still think he's he's pretty explosive for his age. Still, again, very tall, long, big guy. He could play. He could do so many things for them. Um, but again, I think he would be better um, at at playing the position you said, like at a, as a third guy or fourth guy. Um, uh, what Russell Gage, the guy that was on the Falcons last year, that was kind of a under the radar signing too. Um, you know, of course they still have Mike Evans coming back, right? Miller, um, uh, what's the kid's name? Chris Godwin is coming back. Godwin, yeah. So you're talking like he's at best he'll be the third or fourth wide receiver at best. That's what you know. So, but I, I think in that sense, it's okay, you know, to bring a guy in. Um, but, um, you know, you're not, you're not expecting a lot from him, right? You're not expecting him to get a thousand yards and be the number one guy. You know, if he comes in as a three or a four, you know, maybe, maybe he could resurrect something of his career there. Because last year, I think he only played 10 games and wasn't really noteworthy of what, what he did. So. But um, and then if you want, uh, you want to talk about the holdouts. It's just for money, obviously. Derwin James, DK Metcalf, and uh, Sante Samuel, all not holding out, holding in. <laughs> the new terminology this year, I guess. 
but they're they're holding in. They're they're at camp. They're just not doing anything. And, <laughs> That's the new holdout because I yeah. can't stay home because guess what? I'm gonna get fined massively. So I come I come in to right. camp anyway because you know I don't want to get fined like like uh, <laughs> like Beast Mode used to say. <laughs> I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> so basically yeah basically that's what it is you know um you know signing some of those guys so those massive contracts that those guys are asking for me whoo man seattle has a seattle man take the checkbook out <laughs> they don't even uh, dk Matt, dk metcalf is uh, according to you know some of the rumors out there he's looking for something oh <laughs> And you know, I I think I think some of those old ads are just just incredible. Um, Debo, we we know what Debo is, man, and and there's and the rumors have gone back and forth between what he wants and what the team wants and so on and so forth. At this point, hey, all you need to do is get this guy in camp. Your team is not the same without this guy. Right. So him and, and Derwin James, I think, are the two more. Metcalf, I, I yeah, know, we know the Seahawks are probably not going to be a good team this year, right? Because yeah, probably not. But who knows? Yeah, you got Geno Smith and Drew Locke at quarterback, so um, that doesn't exactly say playoff team <laughs> when you look at that. So um, yeah, so I, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I don't think these guys will be holding out much longer because um, the games are going to start. Obviously, next week the Hall of Fame game. Um, so that's the show for this week. Um, we're not going to probably be on next week, but um, in two weeks we will be back and we'll be talking about the Jets' first preseason game, which will be pretty cool. I know it's just practice, but it's better than nothing <laughs> at this point. Yes, so sir. Definitely looking forward to it. Want to see how these guys look uh, early on, some of the rookies that we drafted and stuff. So anyway, we are going to probably be out next week, but we'll be back the following week. So enjoy, and we will see you then. Take it easy, guys.